Hello, and welcome back to Hook of a Book. I'm your host, Ellie Mano, age 14, and for the 135th official episode of Hook of a Book, I'll be reviewing an incredibly well-written, super popular young adult romance book, Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter. Before I get into the review, I just wanted to shout out the user Bookberry, who commented with some questions on Spotify. I can't reply to comments, so I'll just answer them here. I reviewed I'll Be the One by Lila Lee on episode 92 of this podcast. I'm glad you like the book. Second, I can't really review Heartstopper because graphic novels don't really work with the podcast format. Like, I can't read passages. But I've read the series, and it's definitely appropriate if you've seen the show. Thank you for commenting! I first heard about this book from a book content creator. She said it's her all-time favorite book, and the more I learned about it, the more interested I became. Before buying it, I heard a lot of people say that it's filled with Taylor Swift references. I'm a major Swifty, so that sealed the deal for me. I had to read this book. I've read it twice already, and I'll probably read it a third time soon. I love that every chapter begins with a quote from a rom-com movie. I discovered a lot of new movies I'd like to watch someday. Lynn Painter truly did an absolutely amazing job writing this book. I've read another book she's written, and I'm hoping to read some more of her writing soon. Let me give you a summary of Better Than the Movies right now. Liz Buxbaum has always fantasized about a romance worthy of a rom-com movie. She and her mother used to watch rom-com movies before her mom died, and she always thought that she'd find a love story of her own one day. However, she hasn't really had much luck. The closest she's gotten to a swoon-worthy romance is a long-standing rivalry between her and her next-door neighbor, Wes Bennett. And that's not really close at all. Wes and Liz have been battling it out for ownership of a particular parking spot for years now, and Liz has detested Wes long before that, since they were little. Now in her senior year of high school, Liz is still yearning for a romance of her own, and you see, she might have a chance. Her former crush, Michael, has finally moved back in town, and Liz is determined to make him see why they'd be great together. Liz isn't really having any luck on her own. Michael seems to still think of her as the person she was when they were little, the last time they saw each other. Liz realizes that she needs to find someone to help her catch Michael's eye. To her disappointment, the only person who seems like they could really help is Wes. The same Wes that Liz has despised for years. Wes and Michael are friends, and he may be Liz's only hope to get Michael to be her prom date. Wes agrees to help, with some conditions, of course. There's only one thing Wes and Liz can think to do. Let Michael think they're dating so that he sees Liz for who she is now, instead of the little kid she used to be. Liz is annoyed that this fake dating scheme will require her and Wes to spend a lot of time together, but you gotta do what you gotta do, right? But much to her surprise, she doesn't really hate being around Wes. Sure, he can be a lot at times, but he's actually pretty fun to be around. Oh no, this was not part of the plan. Liz likes Michael, right? She can't be interested in Wes. That's completely ignoring the romance formula she crafted in her head. Can Liz discover her true feelings and learn to write her own romance? Like I've said on previous episodes, I love a good rom-com book. I also love rom-com movies and TV shows. 
Reading this book felt like a big warm hug almost. It was just that good. I couldn't stop reading. Liz was a great main character, and I really liked Wes, too. This book had a playlist in the back, and most of the songs on the playlist are referenced in the book. I was so excited when I saw the playlist. Books with soundtracks are my favorite. Lynn Painter is definitely such a creative author. Let me read you a passage from Better Than the Movies right now. Seriously, Wes? I looked around the store and couldn't shake the guilt. It was one thing to blow off shopping with your best friend to do another activity, but blowing off shopping with your best friend to shop with someone else? It felt like crossing a big old line. You are ridiculous. He grabbed a red tunic from a display rack and threw it into the cart. Ridiculously smart? Now you only have to go into the fitting room once. I looked at the heaping cart and wondered if he knew that you could only take in six items at a time. I didn't say anything, though, because the man was on a mission. He'd picked me up from the bookstore when my shift was over, sped the two blocks to the mall, and nearly pulled my arm out of its socket every time I failed to keep up with his brisk pace. Apparently, Wes hated shopping. We were in Devilish, the high school trendy worldwide franchise store that I usually avoided. I was all about buying vintage clothes online or hunting through thrift stores for the perfect throwback pieces. Devilish wasn't my game. Wes had asked me my size when we'd entered the three-level store, and since then, he'd been hurling things into the cart like he was on some kind of speed-shopping game show. We had finally taken a pause in the middle of an aisle between the sequined and revealing formal dresses and the faux business attire. Wes looked through the contents of our cart, holding up a few items to reconsider them, either nodding or shaking his head thoughtfully. Finally, he said, I think we probably have enough. I tried not to sound sarcastic when I said, probably. He pointed a finger at me and said, but I know you well enough to know that this is my only shot. True. He tossed in jeans, t-shirts, some super cute tops, some not so cute tops. The boy was definitely covering all of his bases. But why so much white? He pushed the cart towards a huge rack of folded shirts and said, people with red hair look good in white, shouldn't you know that? I just followed, trying not to smile at his confidence in his own fashion beliefs. I missed that memo. He grabbed a handful of shirts and added them to our pile. White and green, dude. Those are your go-to colors. I couldn't stop the laugh. Noted. He stopped manic shopping for a second and smiled down at me, his eyes warm as they traveled over my face. It reminded me of the look Rhett gave Scarlet in Gone with the Wind when he attempted to tie her new bonnet for her. It was a look that admitted he knew nothing about what he was doing and that he knew he looked foolish but he didn't care because he was enjoying himself. It was weird, but part of me thought that that might be the case with Wes. Not that he like-liked me, but I felt like he was enjoying our verbal sparring. Honestly, I did too, when he wasn't saying things that made me want to choke him out. He reached out and grabbed a plaid flannel shirt from a rack. That wasn't going to work for spring, but I didn't say anything. I just tucked my hair behind my ears and let him finish. It didn't exactly escape my notice that our makeover-ish shopping trip was exactly like I'd imagined, but it was more the ugly truth than she's all that. It was so reminiscent of Mike taking Abby shopping that it was almost funny. Only, Wes wasn't the leading man, and I wasn't falling for him. Sorry for the long passage. I chose to read that passage to you because it takes place when Liz and Wes are starting to fake date, and he takes her shopping. 
Liz is into vintage clothes, and Wes has other ideas for her style. This book is getting a sequel, which I'm super excited about. I can't wait to read it. I love any book with the fake dating trope in it. Some of my favorite books, like To All the Boys I've Loved Before, include that trope. Hey, do you know what time it is? It's time for a message for the grown-ups. Hey adults, so in Better Than the Movies, there is some profanity as well as limited romantic references. There are also a lot of references to classic rom-com movies which you may want to watch with your tween or teen. I'd recommend this book for ages 12 and up. Now, it's time for the last segment on Hook of a Book. What emotion? You know the rules. Okay, drum roll please. The emotion I felt when finishing this book was... Obsessed. I was obsessed with this book, and I'm so, so, so excited to read the sequel. Thank you so much for listening to Hook of a Book this week. If you have a book you want me to review on the show, you can email me at hookofabookpodcast at gmail.com or leave your request in a comment on Spotify. You can also send in a voice message that might be featured on a future episode. The links are in the episode description. To stay up to date with all things Hook of a Book related, you can check out Hook of a Book's Instagram. Sometimes additional book recommendations that aren't on the show will be featured there. The link is in the podcast description. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep on reading! Ellie out! (laughs) 